I like how you say ready. And welcome to another episode of Dice Trades HQ Podcast. My name is Michael Sipes. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. And I'm here with my partner, Jeremy Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty Madman. Oh my gosh. You know what's funny? We, we've, we, <laughs> the last time we did a show, we were talking about how we've both been really, really, really busy. And then now here we are again, and things have been really busy again. But we finally made it to the end of all this busyness. And, and the biggest uh, thing that's been going on with us is you moved. And, and yes. your, your move thing. <laughs> It's been one complication after another. <laughs> yeah, you just said forever. But you're finally in your new location. You're in your new area, your new podcast room. Everything is awesome. And uh, you're happy now, correct? I can tell by looking at you. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's much better. I, I like the, the new office. I like the digs. My wife's happy. Things have settled down was um pretty crazy for a while but yeah now now we're back i'm looking forward to 2024 the rest of it um yeah i mean you know they say money can't buy everything but it could buy me a boat or they can buy me a truck to pull it i'm just thinking this year i just want to do a bunch of fishing and podcasting with my buddy ff blitz oh my god i never even thought of that wait you that's one of your goals you want a boat to go fishing but how cool would that be if you're gonna just podcast from your fishing boat I want to do it. I mean, we have kayaks and I fly fish, um, you know, quite a bit. I I, I really enjoy that, like on weightable streams. But I think I want to branch out from the kayak and the canoe and and get a boat that I can take the kids and the wife out on, you know, and have a good time. And, um, you know, but I'll need a truck to pull it. And there's a whole song, like some some country music guy named Chris Jansen, I think it is, has this funny song. And he's like talking about how money can't buy everything, but it can buy him a boat and a truck to pull it. And I'm like, man, I want to simplify like I got this house, you know, my wife loves it, but I told her I, I could be like Chris Farley and live in a van down by the river and probably be happy <laughs> as long as I've got you and the kids and like, you know, well, a boat and a truck to pull it. But anyway, I'm just thinking 2024 is all about enjoying my family, the things I like the most. Um, Cause I work a lot and you know, you do too. Uh, it's, we, we've always enjoyed doing this show together. We've always had fun. I've always like, I'd call you up. Hey, I got an idea. You'd call me up and Hey, I think we should do this. And I'm just, I'm excited now to finally be settled and we can kind of explore that and do those things. There's nothing holding us back, you know, the rest of this year. I mean, you're doing different things too. Your <laughs> life settled down a little bit, the job thing. So I think we're ready, man. Don't you? I think we're ready to, and it's a good time too. The draft's coming up soon. Lots of exciting stuff. It's, it's not perfect timing, but it's pretty good timing because we're still ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. It is funny when you say my life calmed down. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, 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 obviously, I'm not going to go into it, but uh, after 40 years of doing a certain job all my life, I'm not doing that job anymore. And uh, it's it's freeing and there's a bunch of different things that are going on. So, look, we're going to have a lot of fun. Also, we're going to do yeah. a lot of traveling and um uh, well, at least I am uh, with with my new job. Uh, but part of that is we're jumping into all of this. So part of jumping into everything was uh, what maybe what three days ago, I guess it was. We guest spotted on um, Rookie Fever's podcast, and uh, which, by the way, if you haven't heard it, I, I believe they said it's going to drop this Monday. And they're doing a series on their podcast about rookie drafts. And 
their approach to it was that they're going to discuss the strategies of rookie drafts as opposed to the individuals in rookie drafts. And granted, yes, we're sitting here. What's today? Today is February 25th. Uh, the combine is this week, right? Uh, I believe it starts Thursday. I think it is the, the NFL yeah, combine usually starts on a Thursday. Yeah. Uh -huh. Thursday, the 29th. And so this is the time when everybody gets all excited about everything. But one of the things that we talked about with them was the different ideas about rookie drafts and how we feel about rookies and everything. And I thought for tonight, for you and I, we can expand on one of the things that actually we both agreed upon during that show. And that yeah. was my favorite part of trading throughout the entire year is actually during the rookie drafts. Like, yeah, like once the rookie draft starts, it, it's the most fun to try. It, it kind of reminds me of being on like the, the floor of like the New York stock exchange, like, yeah. like yes. the, 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 the bell rings, everybody's Intrigued. doing all this stuff. Yeah. Trying watching to watch the numbers go up and down. What's available. Do I want to buy? Do I want to sell? Cause now I'm up. It's, it's fast action. It's um, people are desperate to, to move around, sometimes trade out, sometimes trade in. There's always stuff going on. You have to be attentive to it. It's not slow. It's not like I send an offer out Monday morning and I find out something Wednesday afternoon. It's not everything's like time is important. It's it's an urgency. But that that makes it more fun. Like it's not a, it's not a detriment. It makes it more exciting. Like I'm, I agree with you. Rookie drafts and trading go hand in hand. Like that's what got me into dynasty trading was that time of year or trying to get rookie picks before, right before the draft. Um, trading for rookies, you know, after they've been drafted, cause you still believe in them, right? Like, Oh, you got somebody in the third round. And I'm like, man, I like that player better than a third round pick. So let me see if I can get Mike somebody before, you know, trade him something before this player goes off. Cause I think he's going to, and you know, you miss, but it's just, all of it is exciting. And you realize that's why we got into dynasty. Well, <laughs> fantasy football, first of all, cause it was fun. And that's why we got into dynasty football. Cause it was funner. <laughs> do you know do you know how many times in my life i've been told that funner is not a word um <laughs> it is we just said it but but it is true all those things are are what makes it fun trying to grab the stuff however it's more difficult especially leading up to uh the nfl draft and leading up to your rookie drafts to try to grab those picks prior but once that bell rings, once that draft starts, there is a lot of emotions that go on with people. Now, look, in the past, way before sites like Sleeper and MFL and all that kind of stuff, we used to do stuff old school. We would sit in a room with all of the people in our leagues. And, and I'll tell you this, that's by far the way I would much prefer doing drafts live. is yeah. live and being oh, with yeah. people. And, I, and, and even with our listener leagues, we have six listener leagues. I would so much rather get together with all the people, especially a lot of them we've never met face to face. But obviously we can't do that. But our home leagues, we do that. I do that with my home league. I know you in Ohio, you guys all get together. So yeah, even the rookie drafts every year, yeah. That's what I mean, the rookie draft. So it, it's always fun that way. But in our case, what we're discussing tonight is what the majority of the people that are listening to the show do is all these online drafts. And a lot of times rookie drafts have that 24-hour clock. 
So when you're trying to do these trades during a rookie draft, you actually have that big window. When you're live and you're face to face with your friends and people are like, oh, no, here's my pick. And boom, 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 boom. Things can go really fast <laughs> sometimes. But just like to your point, too, it, it does. Um, but to your point, it's more difficult before the draft to acquire a high draft pick, especially. But it's just more difficult to get a pick away from someone um, for the rookie draft before it starts. After it starts, every the like you said, the bell rings, the clock starts, and and I'm in a lot of them. You too, which are more like twelve hour clocks. Though, as soon as you're on the clock, you're like, you know what? If I don't want to pick a player, I need to make a deal pretty quickly. I need to, you know, if it's not going to be somebody who already sent me a, a deal, I've got to reach out. I've got to figure something out and ultimately take what I think is the best deal for me. So that's an opportunity. For us to jump in there, somebody's got the 104. They don't have all day. Plus, in the first round, everybody wants you to move quick. Why are you taking so much time? So they're they're on the clock, and so it's easier it's easier at that point to try to get that pick from that play from that owner than it was ever before the draft, especially if they're sitting on it. It's so the opportunities are just greater, um, and that's that's part of the fun because you know they're up against the clock. Well, see, those are the kind of things like I, I wrote down a couple of different things that I wanted to ask you about with the steps of trying to do those trades during a rookie draft. But you're correct <clears throat> when I think one of the biggest points is when somebody is actually on the clock right then and there. Those guys, especially if they had an idea of what they wanted and, you know, the pick right before them, somebody took it a lot of times we do the, look part of the strategy on rookie fever was talking about how we feel about rookie drafts my yeah. opinion on rookie drafts i mean anybody that's listened to this show for the 6 years we've been doing it knows that i would much rather have somebody that i could put on the field that week to play cuz i'd i'd rather win than worry about 2 years from now but there's a lot of people in rookie drafts that you get your heart set on a certain player. And the moment that the person takes it in front of you, then they just don't know what to do. They're just like, oh, no, I was expecting to get that you guy. You just crushed their dreams. <laughs> you just crushed their dreams. Exactly. So so there's a lot of different strategies to trading during a rookie draft. So I was going to ask you, because we mentioned it on Rookie Fever We've mentioned it over the years on this show. You and I have some similar ideas during rookie drafts. And in a lot of leagues where we're together, we end up fighting each other without even knowing it. But we're both sending offers to whoever's on the clock or whoever's going to be on the clock because we try to get back into those rookie drafts. So when you just said it about being on the clock, do you look more for the people that are on the clock or do you look down the road a couple people's down the road and see what they might need and try to do something before it gets on the clock yeah no both i mean you know definitely look ahead especially well last year's last year's um this happened multiple times in our listener leagues trying to get the pick on the clock and um ultimately didn't work out so i was already working ahead try you know i, I might not make this deal 
Um, so immediately after that pick's made, you know, moving on to the next pick that I think I can get, like, and, and maybe get the same player, or maybe I have two guys in mind. But yeah, no, um, never, never giving up if I want to move into the draft. So, um, you know, often you can't send the same deal, right? Because you don't want to send a better deal to the, and get the 106 when the 105 guy was willing to trade to you trade with you and then maybe somebody jumps in there at the 105 and gets it so you have to be really careful that you're not you know duplicating an offer to 105 106 107 that you know backfires on you but yeah no um we did that and in fact you know things happen where you you know you got cj stroud and i i, I felt i had to take bryce young because i needed a quarterback and i would have never done that or let the guy drafting ahead of me know that cj stroud was higher on my list but we have a podcast you 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 knew full well which quarterback was at the top of my list and you knew that that bryce young was i i told you you know my order hadn't changed before the draft so richardson hadn't jumped you know bryce young um you know my my order had stayed the same i didn't re recategorize or re-tier my players uh, at the quarterback position, especially at the top. But you you had already made, made up your mind, but I had al- also told you, so you knew full well who I would have taken had I jumped ahead of you. Um, and, and we were competing for like some of the picks. Now I moved up too, just not as high as you and after you, and I was able to get a quarterback, which I was grateful for. But yeah, the whole time, like I'm trying to get ahead of you. I'm trying to get the pick you got. I'm trying to get CJ Stroud and I ended up with, you know, a, a different quarterback still got the quarterback. And, and it's all because I was making those deals during, you know, the top of the draft. It doesn't happen in every draft, but we even do this stuff. I mean, we were doing this jockeying for position in the second round, the third round, even in the fourth round trading in because we went into the draft where both in, in a couple cases, neither of us had high draft picks. Yeah. I, mean, I might've had a pick end of the first or something but i didn't have high draft picks and so coming in with you know less capital like that and trying to move up to the top of a draft um and then competing with you i mean it's it's just fun man we were on the phone a few times remember talking about that draft (laughs) where you took stroud and i had to take young um and the way things played out i mean it was one of those memorable things where we knew as soon as the player at the top who had two picks we knew as soon as he picked um and, and he took Anthony Richardson. That you were going to get B. John Robinson, right? Yeah. It was it was it was crazy that it went down like that. But um, and we didn't know until that first pick went how the rest of it was going to go. And I think because of the way it went, you know, players were eager to trade, more eager to trade with us. Yeah. So it's just it's it's always wide open. It's like the wild west every year. Well, I think that's a good example. Uh, um definition i guess or uh, of what it is during the rookie drafts it it is a wild west type of atmosphere because what happens is i think a lot of people uh follow whatever the analysts are saying get this guy get that guy and and a lot of times people don't think for themselves and i think it goes back to what you said at the beginning of the show about it's supposed to be fun it feels like to me over the years doing this, because we've been doing this for so long, that people take this way <laughs> yeah. more seriously than maybe they actually should. Because look, no matter what league you're in, especially, I guess the majority of us are in 12-team leagues, sometimes they're 14, you know, or God forbid you're in an HQ1 like we have, which which is 16. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah. But 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 the thing is with those those kind of leagues, only one person's going to win. 
And, and if you are not having fun, then what's the point of doing it? And, and in those rookie drafts, it's always been fun. I always like how people tell me, oh, if you trade your first round picks, you're never going to get them back. And that's just bullshit. It's not true. You can get them back. And, and I think people look at the, at the thing in a, in a hole, like they, they think, oh, you'll never do it. But no, especially if you're in a 16-team league, there could be one owner or two owners that are willing to trade their firsts. It's not a, a it's it's not a black and white thing, you know. There are people yeah. that are willing to trade. And especially if you follow along with the people that are in your league and see, like you said, somebody that's on the clock, they miss the guy they want, and then all of a sudden they're ready to to trade. And I think one thing that we all do, this is what. February 25th, okay? Rookie, the NFL draft isn't for another, what, two months? March, April. Yeah, two more months. And then usually a lot of the leagues that we're in start their rookie drafts after the NFL draft. What's really funny, and you even said it a second ago, is that when somebody's on the clock, people start getting all anxious, like, hey, come on, do something, do something, because I want my pick. And we, we wait so long for these drafts and then we try to rush through them. And then as soon as it's over, it's over, you know? So there's really no reason to rush, have fun with it, get the guys you want, do stuff. But there's always going to be people that are really anxious to do something. And when they can't get the guy that they want, you know it. If you pay attention to your league, you pay attention to the DMs, you pay attention to the chats, whatever your league has, look at what some people want. And you'll know those people that are willing to wait till next year or, oh, they missed their guy. So they're willing, willing to trade out. And that's kind of the psychological fun of it as well. Yeah, I always want the pick now, bird in hand, better than two in the bush, whatever, a dollar, you know, now rather than later. Uh, same same thing, but get get the player now, get the pick now, get the player. But yeah, once the clock starts, people, I don't want to say get desperate, but they realize, you know, hey, I, I've got a limited amount of time. And the funny thing about, especially about the first round at the top, people don't have patience for <laughs> the the lag time, the, the lull in action and, um, so you know you're going to get it, even if you, hey guys, I, I'm, you know, uh, my the player I wanted went, so you know I'm I'm entertaining trade offers. People still other owners only have only have so much patience for that scenario too. So you can't really take 12 hours, or you just hear it from everybody. You know, you just yeah. you get it. So everybody's uh, amped up, and that that anxiety helps you trade in to to the draft because they and and also just the market value oh i got the third pick in the first round and i don't want to pick here um but i didn't want to deal it before the draft because i didn't know how valuable the pick would be exactly well now you know because you're getting those offers and you're trying to do something so the market value then is definitive it's like this is what people are willing to give you and you need to make a decision so all that like thinking you're sitting on a gold mine you know, it's tantamount to making a decision at that point. It, it, you know, and, and when they do that, when people, when people say, Hey, listen, uh, my guy got taken. Now I'm sitting here. I will do a pick in three hours uh, if I don't get an offer. You know, I do understand when sometimes people get upset about that, but if you think about it in the long run, once these rookie drafts are over, you've got like, what, 
two, three, four, sometimes months till you're even playing. So what's the difference in rushing through it? But I will say this, you mentioned something about you don't want to send an offer to this person and the next person, because if the next person takes it, you may not have got the spot that you did before. And in my mind, I try to do this anytime I send offers. I don't have that oh God, I need this one guy, you know? So I try to do that in a block usually of three. I don't usually go past three people, but if I can have that that window of, hey, I'll take one of these next three people, I will do that. I'll send offers to the next three guys on the clock, the exact same offer, and see which one of them will take it. And then I know a lot of times when I'm in a league with you, I'll be like, all right, I see Jeremy still has this and this and this. So if I'm going to try this, I'm going to add this to the pick or whatever. So it's kind of cool to know your league mates and also know if you have that window of players to take. Yeah, I mean, and and you have to do it in blocks like that or at least a couple because invariably you have owners who auto pick. Yeah, and, and that's true. I want yeah. Jackson Smith and Jigba or, or maybe that's just one guy and, you know, they're sitting around six or seven and they just pick, you know, the pick is in, right, for them already. And if you don't jump ahead of them or get an offer in so that you get their pick before the auto pick, you know, there's just a, a draft pick that's quickly gone. So, yeah, it's 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 just a lot of fun. There, If somebody says that that's not their favorite time to trade, I, I would question that. <laughs> I don't know how it could be more exciting than there are times of the year when yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go for players from last year that underachieve that you can buy low and you think they're better than where they finished last year of course you know we all have players in mind you know favorites that's every season but still nothing really compares to this and it's all those factors at play the the rush job oh we just had the NFL draft everyone's excited it's fun to do the drafts that early for me because much like before you have the chance to get a player that hasn't blown up yet that people haven't maybe jumped on, but you also run the risk of taking a player that the NFL is like, we didn't like this guy very much. And you took him in the first or second round. Right. Um, But late, the late drafts is where you can really get burned because the players that shine during training camps and, you know, summer um, all all summer long, um, even sometimes preseason, right. If you have a really late um, rookie draft, you can get burned, but it's still fun to trade in, yeah. in the, it's never not fun to trade during a draft. And I don't think we talk about that enough. Um, I, I, I traded more last year during the draft than in, in some of the leagues, probably than I traded all season. Oh, I, I know. I definitely three, four did. or five times, whatever. And then over the course of that season, good team, maybe I only made two or three trades. Yeah, I know I definitely did. And and that's why I wanted to bring this up because look, <clears throat> everybody out there, go ahead and jump on and download the newest episode of Rookie Fever because that's where we talked about all this stuff. And I just wanted to kind of focus in on the trading part because, you know, we kind of did it really quickly in that episode. And um it is true. I know for a fact in a couple of my leagues, I did more trades during the rookie draft than during the year. And I think part of that was one of the examples I, I mentioned on that that appearance that we did was that 
a lot of people in this industry, especially people that are analysts and people that have podcasts, they have so many leagues. You know, but if you think about it, the majority of the people that are listening and the people that that ask our advice and ask us questions on our handle, like at Dynasty Trades HQ, we get questions all the time about, hey, should I trade this or trade that? You know, and and those people pretty much are in one league. And and if you're in one league, that rookie draft is exponentially more important to that person because they're in one Amen. league as opposed to us who are in 10, 12, 30, whatever leagues it is. Because if you don't get it in one, you get it in another. So it becomes very important to somebody. And and to be honest, I, I miss that feeling of like one league being so important to me um, that it, that, that it means something for that. And, and unfortunately <laughs> there's some of these type of things where we end up feeling like it doesn't mean as much. Oh, uh, we've talked about it for years too. Like really, if we could do maybe even the first round or the first few picks, at least, um, in the listener leagues, zoom, zoom draft. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like, but, but the picks have to, you know, the picks have to be pretty quick. And if you have one person in like the top five picks, it's not around, uh, you know, just throw a wrench in it. But if we, if we could get, you know, half the league, like the first six picks <laughs> at least, you know, in the room and, and, and make those picks be incredibly fun. Can you imagine, can you imagine being in a league where, where the people say 12 owners are willing to sit on a live zoom with a 12, 12 hour clock on picks? I mean, that would be funny. (laughs) But I will tell you this, the last time I did a live, I know you do live ones in Ohio with your Ohio league, but the last time I did a live draft with my home league, we did it at, there's a local bar here that actually has a back room at the bar. And in the back room, they have these like leather chairs and a pool table and all this kind of stuff. And it was really cool to have everybody sitting in the room together. And it was an auction draft. So you're sitting there like, oh, uh, $2, $3, $4, you know, and and seeing people's faces and and, and being in it, it it's just so, it, there's nothing like it. I'll, I'll say that. The next one I do, I want it to be like, I want it to be an auction draft. And I, I, would, I would be fine if it was an auction rookie draft because then everyone does have to be there and everyone has to be engaged and involved or they're not going to get their players or they have to have a proxy. Someone has a proxy. Well, you know, someone has to be there putting in the auction bids. I would love that. And I've, I, and I've talked about that. We've talked about it. Um, I've thought about it and never, never have done that. That would be amazing. And you'd have to get the right mix of people. Yeah. You know, probably some serious dynasty players, you know, that, that, that want to do that, especially every rookie draft, but just, I haven't done a startup draft home league or otherwise where it was all auction would be a, I mean I would be in heaven that would yeah. be so perfect especially like having some beers eating some food like kind of like that's what we do you know barbecue for home league but but auction draft where everyone has to pay attention and you know you got guys drinking too much and then you take advantage <laughs> of that but you know 
I, I laugh because one of the greatest drafts I've ever had, I do I have no memory of that draft. And the only <laughs> the only memory I have of it is is my friend Lee took a video of me jumping in the pool fully clothed and me a passed out on the couch with 96 AP written on my forehead because I had paid $96 for Adrian Peterson. But that was like, you know, when he was the the top of his game. But I won that year. And I don't remember anything about the draft, but whatever. Uh, Listen, we do have a couple um, trade uh, questions that we got to our handle. And uh, at Dynasty Trades HQ, especially right now, we're, 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 we're what, like four days away from the combine. We're a month away from the NFL draft. So we do have some questions from people that are asking us about whether you do this player or these picks. So I thought maybe I'd throw a couple of these out to you. We also have some uh, Patreons that asked us some questions, and we're going to take those Patreon questions to the Patreon show when we're finished with this. Yeah, awesome. Good. Yeah. Looking forward to that. So I will tell you this. So here's one that we got from Motown Matt. Who, um, you know, we get a lot of questions from Motown Matt. Uh, Motown Matt. I love that handle. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And, and it's always us and MFL being tagged in it. But his question is it's a 12 team Superflex league that is a 0.5 tight end premium. And the reason I'm saying this to you is because his question is do you take the. 104 in this year's draft. So the fourth player in this year's draft or Sam Laporta. Um, you said super flex, right? Super flex. Yes. And 0.5 tight end premium. I mean, that's not a huge tight end premium. First of all, 0.5, I get where he's going and I love Sam Laporta. And I, I told you, you know, I've told you before, and there's some proof. Like we had this podcast with the fantasy 40 guys and how much I liked Sam Laporta going into the draft. The point is, though, um, that I think needs to be made with a pick that high. There are some good quarterbacks in this draft, and in mm-hmm. a super flex league, I want one of them. Not the, not a tight end, not even Sam Laporta. Um, I want one of those tight ends, and at one hundred four, I'm going to get one of those tight ends. Almost. You mean one of those quarterbacks? Uh, yeah. Sorry. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm almost certainly going to get one of those quarterbacks, and in this class, like I said, I mean, three, four deep at least. I, I want the quarterback, and. Um, and the 0.5 tight end premium isn't enough for me to um, weight a tight end more heavily, you know, than I ordinarily would over standard scoring. I mean, it's decent, right? But if, if it was one point, you know, extra for tight ends, like 1.75 or two, then you start splitting hairs. But the, the bottom line for me is that I want the quarterback that high in the draft, not, not Sam Laporta. Well, and it's funny too, because w- People always talk about this stuff as not supposed to be in a vacuum, you know. Well, yeah, because yeah, every league economy is different, or you know, exactly. the market. There are people willing to pay more for certain players in some leagues. I mean, you just always have a little bit of a different market dynamic, um, even if it's close to being, you know, around ADP. It, it, you always have some differences thrown in there, so you have to think on your feet. Well, and also, and all- numbers. Right. And also what you need. I mean, at 104, if you know that the three players that are in front of you at 101, 102, 103 are desperate for quarterbacks, and you know that three quarterbacks are going to go before that 104, 
I mean, I would much rather have Sam Laporta. If you know that the people in that one, two, and three already have like Mahomes and Hurts and and this and that, and and one or two of those guys aren't going to take a quarterback, and you know a quarterback's going to fall, then yes, it's it's hard, especially if your team is hard up for quarterbacks. And it feels like to me the last couple of years we've had a lot of quarterback injuries. It seems like more than, than most, you know, and rookie quarterbacks have been doing well in the league. You don't have to wait. They get started right away. They, they turn, they tailor the offenses to them. So it's not a liability to have a rookie quarterback, especially in a super flex. You, you, it's a position of need and a position that you're, you know, sometimes almost desperate for. I agree with you though, on the point of, if all the quarterbacks that you value or that you cover are gone, one, two, three, and you don't think there's a fourth quarterback, by all means, you want to go with more of a sure thing, which is Sam Laporta, than uh, the few running backs in this class, which, I mean, there are, you know, it's not a deep class at that position as far as I'm concerned. And then wide receivers, you can always get them. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right? You can Maybe you're not going to get Puka Nakua in the fourth round, Woo-hoo! but you're going to get guys that you don't need to draft in the first round, and a lot of them whiff um, anyway. So in that case, you're getting a sure thing, Laporta, who's already you know delivered those points now. So it's it's not a bad trade it by any means for the for um you know Motown Matt to to do that if that's his choice but I I really would think about the quarterbacks and then you know I'd be fine with Laporte after that I will say this too with a lot of these leagues that we're in um we've talked about it you and I that I would rather have the player that is on the field doing what I need them to do than to take the chance that something else might happen. So always when, risk. You're right. There's always risk, especially it, you know, non quarterback position. Exactly. I, there's more risk. If you take a quarter, if a, if a team has taken a quarterback highly and you're drafting them at the top of a rookie draft, you know that they're at least going to be given every chance to succeed so you're not really taking a great risk unless they suck unless that (laughs) player isn't what they you know isn't going to be a starting quarterback at some point but but you're right Uh, at other positions there's a lot of risk and at 104 there's the possibility with the three people in front of you so i will say this people look at things and they'll say oh my god 104 yeah i want that but really take a step back for a second and look at the the people in front of you because we we talked about it in the one league where i sold a bunch of stuff last year and i had some high picks which i don't usually have but I was sitting at the 102 and we had Bijan Robinson and the guy at 101 kept telling me, Hey, I'll trade you for the 101, give me the 102 and something else, and you could take Bijan. But I looked at his roster and I saw that he had no quarterback. So I knew for a fact he's gonna take a quarterback. So for me, uh, you're muted. For me, I was like, there's no way that I'm gonna do this trade because there's no chance you're not gonna take a quarterback. Um we just didn't know which one. We knew right. we, we we were thinking so certainly going to take one and that's why he wanted to trade and that's why that was the whole impetus for it we just didn't know which one we thought you know it might be the guy that he ended up taking we weren't sure and and that's that's exactly how it shook out but yeah and and that's the thing if you don't yeah if you don't pay attention to your league mates and stuff then you can make a deal that maybe potentially is not the way to go now we did have another trade offer here uh, a question here and it's from Miguel JDN and um, 
he doesn't give us any specifics of his league. He doesn't give us any specifics of his team, but it is the 105. So now there's four picks in front of his. It's the 105 or AJ Brown. Big AJ Brown fan. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things. And Mike, we've done this for a long time. Like, do you take the risk or do you take the, you know, the certainty of the player? And I think AJ Brown's capable of doing much better, even than, you know, he he's contributed there that you know, this past year in Philly. So uh, yeah, I think I think I want in that case, I think I want AJ Brown. Unless I think one of the quarterbacks that I covet is gonna fall to that spot, which is that's iffy, you know. One of um, five, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you know, I, I think, I think in that case, you have to strongly consider just taking AJ Brown and 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 dealing the pick. I think so too. And and what's funny is we were discussing it at, excuse me, I'm sorry, at the beginning of the show about at the time you're in the draft, that type of trade to me seems like it could maybe be in question during the draft. Right, right now right, exactly. on February 24th, 25th, with this much time, it's it's too much of a question of what could be at the 105. You know, there's there's too many unknowns to be able to do that type of trade right now. I, the, only, the only way I wouldn't take A.J. Brown is if I thought I could get a quarterback that I really want, you know, in Superflex. And I think he's still, based on how highly ranked he is, I think you, I think you need to make that trade. But, yeah, it's a weird trade right now. Like it, it seems like that's a deal, like you said, that would happen more close during the draft because you don't know what's going to happen before it picks up above you. So if you're the guy that's willing to deal AJ Brown for the 105, what are you thinking? Like what really want to know what what does that player that's trading AJ Brown away for the 105? What what are they thinking they're going to get at 105, or do they care? The the last one that we have here from somebody that I was going to bring up, it's from Shimshon89. And he said it's a Superflex Dynasty PPR. And he's asking Garrett Wilson or the 1.05. So we're, we're, we're at that same thing with A.J. Brown, 105s, you know, Garrett Wilson, 105. And we're talking about some great wide receivers. And poor Garrett Wilson just didn't have the season, well, he expected. And definitely fantasy owners expected. And, you know, with, with good reason, right? They thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be throwing the rock to uh, – Garrett Wilson and end up being, you know, Zach Wilson and an assortment of guys, you know, guys that it just didn't work out all, all around for the jets. I, I don't, you know, it's, it's early love Garrett Wilson. It's tough to say, man, almost have to say the same thing I said with AJ Brown because of the, the high level of talent and, and the stand outishness of Garrett Wilson. We all know he's a great wide receiver. Um, you know, an incredible talent. And, you know, he's not maybe top three like A.J. Brown, but he could be top five, top four. Like, he's he's that talented of a wide receiver. So I, I think you have to consider it. There's nobody in this class I'd, I'd want over Garrett Wilson. And that, you know, that's even considering Marvin Harrison, really high on from Ohio State. I mean, everybody has been forever, right? He's a legacy player. He's he's amazing, Marvin Harrison Jr. I, you know, maybe slightly, maybe maybe after last season, you're thinking Marvin Harrison Jr. now. Just I wouldn't it's tough with the 105 because I'm still thinking maybe, maybe, maybe quarterback. Well right? that's and that and I'd much rather have that than a wide receiver. 
But that's why I brought it up when I said Superflex, because you're sitting there again at 105. You've got four picks in front of him. You've got Aaron Rodgers potentially coming off an injury. Well, not potentially. He's coming off an injury. Um, and and it's just kind of weird this far out to think about whether you're willing to take the chance that in those four picks you might get the quarterback or if you're if you don't. Say those first three of those four are the first the top three quarterbacks, okay? And again, we don't know what's going to happen. We could like all these quarterbacks and then the real NFL draft happens and say only two of them are drafted in the first round and then yeah, everybody yeah. starts freaking out, you know? So somebody like Garrett Wilson, somebody like A.J. Brown, when you say these things about, oh, well, we could get wide receivers anytime, do you take that chance? And for me, at this far out, I'd rather have the player than that pick but I do like the idea, and this was why I wanted to wrap it up with this. We did back-to-back uh, trade offers about the 104, 105, stuff like that. Do you think that when somebody sends you that offer, that you yeah. could sit here and go, all right, well, we're this far away. This is what he's looking for. Maybe I could keep him on the hook and as it gets closer or something, or maybe I can try to do something different, you know that he's willing to do it. So you wait and see what happens. And it it just comes back again to the knowing the people in your league, knowing the people that are going to pick in front of you, and having an idea of what you think everybody else needs. And, and it's also perf- well said, perfect. It's also which way did that offer come right yeah did somebody send hey i'll give you the 105 for garrett wilson or was it hey i'll give you garrett wilson for the 105 because it almost seems like hey i'm i'll give you the 105 for garrett wilson i'll give you the 105 for um aj brown i'll give you the 105 like this guy's trying to get rid of the owners trying to get rid of the 105 to get something right um, you know (laughs) that he really likes um but you know i mean we'll get into this later in in um the draft cycle and before the NFL draft. But, you know, most people have, I think, Caleb Williams of USC at the top. And I don't, I, I think he's slightly overrated. I don't have a lot of trust. Uh, 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 my confidence rating in him too. Also, I think Drake may is the best quarterback and, and my confidence ratings back that up. So I think Drake may is number one. So I'm tipping my hand for you again, Mike, Caleb will, <laughs> you know, Caleb Williams, Maybe right after that, Jaden Daniels of LSU, you know, oh, hey, dual threat quarterback, you know, Heisman Trophy. I think he's a little overrated, too. Michael Penix, Washington, and then, you know, fifth on some of these boards, Bo Nix, Oregon, finally kind of showed out. Looks like a really good dual threat quarterback. If if he gets drafted highly, I don't care much for J.J. McCarthy of Michigan, Michael Pratt, Tulane, and, you know, on and on. But if you could get a guy like you know, Bo Nix and he gets drafted to a pretty good place, a good spot, maybe end of the first round, let's say. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I would rather have that player, I think, than Garrett. I mean, you know, definitely over, over Garrett Wilson. And I love Garrett Wilson, but it's, he's also a wide receiver. And I feel like I can get those guys a lot easier than, than my second or third quarterback. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's just, it, there's a lot of factors at play. So a lot of wide open things. And so getting those offers now, maybe I'm, you're the guy getting that offer, right? Maybe, maybe you have Garrett Wilson, Mike, and someone's like, Hey, I'll give you the one Oh five for Garrett Wilson. What are you doing when you don't know? 
there's so much uncertainty before the NFL draft and you don't know even how the NFL values players, maybe how you do yet. Cause it's so early. Are you going to give up, you know, that, are you going to do that? Well, see, give up uh, your Garrett Wilson for the one Oh five, probably not. Right. Probably not. Except for if I'm looking at my team and, you know, unfortunately I did have some, te- well, not have, I had a lot of teams that have like, people like Jamison, uh, Jameis Winston and, um, and, and different players that maybe I thought was going to do something and didn't. And, and then you end up with the team that where you're really hurting for quarterbacks and you're going to be more willing to take a chance because you need to have a quarterback on your team. I do think also, I know people crap on late round picks and everything all the time. But I would be more willing to say, all right, yeah, I'll do it, but throw in your third round pick or throw in your fourth round pick or even throw in your fifth round pick, depending on what the league, you know, because because then you take another shot because look at all the Brock Purdy's that I got on all my rosters because I took them so late and everything. And most likely when you take the Brock Purdy's, you're going to drop those guys. They're not going to be anything. But if they do end up being something, then you then you win. And and I never like that idea about winning a trade or losing a trade because nobody has any idea. Just, and it's always too early when people try to do that. Oh, yeah. wow, this, this person, this owner really won this trade hands down. You look at it a couple years later and and you have to, right? Because there's a lot, especially in trades with more, you know, multiple moving parts, you have to, you have to look at it later. And and choose one that is. And did you win with the players you got? You know, did you win with the players you drafted with the picks you got? And, 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 you know, the picture becomes more clear. So it's never obvious as soon as you make the deal. You think so. Um, <laughs> There's the a lot of people that think Garrett so. Wilson, the 105 for AJ Brown. Well, it depends on 105, what 105 becomes. Yeah. And, and, you know, I keep saying quarterback, but I'm not making that deal for the 104, the 105, right? I'm not making that deal for one of those players unless I'm looking at a quarterback. Yeah. Because what am I trading? Like tit for tat, I'm making a lateral move. Oh, I just, you know, Garrett Wilson. I'm going to get Malik Neighbors instead or Marvin Harrison, which probably not at that point, but I'm going to get Malik Neighbors instead of uh, Garrett Wilson or Malik Neighbors instead of A.J. Brown. I already have A.J. Brown. Why would I want to do that? Yeah. And I think a lot of people do look at it, though, as I'd rather have that up and coming guy. I love the people that say, oh, I want youth, 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 youth. And they trade a guy that's only been in the league for like two years. You know, that is yeah, still youth. young. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the youngest the draft class he was. So, yeah, it, it, you, you want the young player who's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Young unless they're awesome doesn't matter. So. And you want to have fun, and that's what we've been talking about all along. So we're going to wrap this up. We do have a couple of trades that we're going to take over to the Patreon show. And for right now, go check out uh, our appearance on the Rookie Fever podcast. We are going to be doing some stuff. One of the things that happened during that podcast was we realized we're going to do some stuff at the NFL draft. So I'm going to fly out to Detroit. We're going to do some live appearances at the NFL draft. Jeremy's going to be in uh, uh, what? Niagara Falls, Canada. Yeah, my kids got a hockey tournament up there, a pretty big tournament. So I'll be in Niagara Falls, Canada doing that, but I'm definitely going to jump in and we're going to podcast. Yeah. And even if we have to get like either a hotel room where your background view is the falls, or if you have to stand out by the falls with your phone in your hand, we have to get some kind of appearance with you with Niagara Falls in the background. But, do it. but if any, 
<laughs> but if anybody else is going to be in Detroit, you know, hit me up. Let me know. Uh, we're going to be with the Rookie Fever guys and we're going to do a lot of on location shooting and videos and everything. And it's going to be a blast. So come check us out. And for now, we're going to wrap this up and we're, then we're going to go over to the Patreon show. So um, check us out on all our social media platforms at Dynasty Trades HQ and check out our Patreon account. And for now, we will talk to you guys next week. Yeah, no, we'll see you next time. Hey, think about becoming a patron. We have a lot of fun. Um, check out our Patreon. Uh, definitely got an active group me where those guys keep throwing stuff at us. We can't even keep up with them. It's always like that. Um, a blast. Join the community. We got some freebies for anybody who does, and um, we'd love you to join the family. All right, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yep, take care.